You've all heard the nursery rhyme, Humpty Dumpty. You know how it goes. Humpty Dumpty sat in a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. But I wonder, did you ever think about the story behind it? You see, Humpty Dumpty is pictured as an egg. If you see pictures of him, he's he's an egg sitting on the wall. But the story behind uh, the nursery rhyme, Humpty Dumpty, is actually a, a, a historical story. It's grounded in history. It's to do with the English Civil War. You see, there was a cannon or a gun that was used in the English Civil War. And guess what it was called? Humpty Dumpty. The English war, the English Civil War, was fought between the Royalists and the Parliamentarians back in the 1600s. John John Bunyan, the writer of Pilgrim's Progress, he fought in the war. He fought for the Parliamentarians. He actually was, was, was almost shot one day. The Lord spared his life. He wasn't a Christian. It was before his conversion. And um, he was supposed to be in a particular place at a particular time. But another soldier had taken his place. And that other soldier was shot and died. Bunyan could have been there. He could have been in a lost eternity. But God kept him alive. And of course, we, as we say, the rest is history. He was saved and he wrote some tremendous books. He wrote The Pilgrim's Progress. But he wrote another book about war, The Holy War. The Holy War. So very appropriate for a man who fought in a war to write about a war. But John Bunyan, he fought in the English Civil War. But in the English Civil War, there was a, a cannon. You know how you've got the cannons on the walls of Derry today from the siege of Derry? The guns on the wall. The roaring megs. Well, there was one of these cannons, one of these guns called Humpty Dumpty. And there was, it belonged to the Royalists. But there was uh, one of the soldiers from the Parliamentarians down below and he shot up at the man who was operating this Humpty Dumpty cannon. And he shot the man and he destroyed the gun too. And the gun fell from the castle, from the fortress. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. So that's where it comes from. So you'll be able to tell uh, other people now, and as the old saying goes, every day is a school day. A great fall. We have read in Revelation chapter 18 today about a great fall, but it's no nursery rhyme. We've read today about the fall of Babylon. This evil system that has been around from time immemorial. It's been around since the creation of man. Or since the fall of man, I should say. This is not something new, this, this evil system of Babylon. No, it's always been here. It's been around for 6,000 years, ever since the serpent came to the Garden of Eden and deluded our first parents into rebelling against God. Babylon, Babylon has been here. But the time comes for the fall of Babylon. And it's recorded for us in Revelation chapter 18. And it's a great fall. What a fall it is. It's such a fall... 
You know how Humpty Dumpty goes? All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty together again. Well, nobody can put Babylon together after the Lord Jesus Christ destroys it in Revelation 18. After he destroys his enemies, the earth dwellers who have rebelled against him for 6,000 years and have come together in one final act of rebellion to defy him, he brings about their downfall and there's no coming back from it. So let's think about the great fall of Babylon today. Let's think in particular about the reasons for this fall as we bring our service to a conclusion today. The reasons for the fall of Babylon. First of all, the magnitude of her sins. That's the first reason for the fall of Babylon, the magnitude of her sins. You see, we're told here that Babylon has become the home of demons, the home of demons. Now, I want you to look at the Bible. It's good to keep your head in the book, isn't it, when you, when you come into God's house. So get your head in the book today and look at Revelation 18, verse 2. And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and has become the habitation of devils, and the hold of every foul spirit, and the cage of every unclean and hateful bird. The home of demons. This Babylonian system is the home of demons. It, it has always been the home of demons down through history. Do you know that our nation is fast becoming the home of demons? There was a survey carried out recently in a Suffolk village over in England. In this particular village... A survey was carried out of the residents. Do you know that 70% of those residents said that they were Satanists? Satanists? And it wasn't that they were kind of backward or kind of sheepish about declaring that they were Satanists. No, they were brazen and blatant and they avowed that they were followers of Satan. In an English village, we are becoming a home of demons. Yes, our nation is fast becoming part of Babylon. There's so much demonic influence in society today. The occult... My, we could talk about that today and the, the, the grip that the occult has upon many people. Think about Freemasonry. How many people belong to the Masonic? The fetters that it places around the individual. Only the blood of Jesus can break those fetters. You wouldn't believe how many people in society today, even celebrities, famous figures, are Freemasons. Part of the home of demons. Part of Babylon. Wonders for anyone here in the service today. You're part of Babylon. 
Is there some influence in your life, some demonic, devilish influence in your life? And the chains are all around you today. The fetters bind your soul. I want to tell you today, you need to get out of Babylon and you need to cry to the Lord Jesus, set me free. And by his blood, his precious blood, he will set you free. He can set you free. The home of demons, this is part of the sin of Babylon. But she's not only the home of demons, but she's the headquarters of depravity. The headquarters of depravity. Look at verse 3. Verse 3, For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication, and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. The headquarters of depravity. This is an evil, depraved system. You know, you'll find this system in Scotland today. In Scotland. You're not here this past week about the transgender criminal who has been sent to a women's prison. This, I'm not going to go into it today, the details. But you read up about it. The individual. And it was on Question Time on Thursday night, if any of you watched Question Time. I was amazed at the SNP representative. She, she didn't even seem to know the difference between a man and a woman. You know how ludicrous it is these days that people are afraid to define a man and a woman, the genders. It's ridiculous. How did we get to this stage? Politicians are being asked, what is a woman? They can't even answer. Babylon. Transgenderism. Depravity. That's what it is. Depravity. But you know, Babylon's not only in Scotland because Babylon was in Switzerland last month. Remember I told you about the WEF, World Economic Forum? Many, many business leaders and political leaders, including our past Prime Minister, Tony Blair. Boy, there's a whole lot you could say about him. He's still around. But a lot of these people meeting in the Swiss town of Davos for the annual meeting of the World Economic Forum. Do you know 3,000 prostitutes were there for them? 3,000 prostitutes brought in for the people who had come for the forum. And then you get people who say, oh, but well, these people, they, they have our best interests at heart. You know, they're just planning uh, so that this world will be a better place. A load of rubbish, a load of nonsense. The headquarters of depravity, that's what it is. Babylon. One day she'll be judged for the magnitude of her sins. One day a great fall will take place. Babylon will fall forever, once and for all, because of the magnitude of her sins, because 
She is the home of demons because she is the headquarters of depravity. Then another reason why she'll fall is because of the measure of her sins. The measure of her sins. Not only the magnitude, but now the measure. You see, we're told here about the enticement of her sin. The enticement of her sin is declared here. Look at verse 4. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that ye be not partakers of her sins, and that ye receive not of her plagues. Come out. Leave her behind. Leave the devil's side. Leave the world's side. Is that what you need to do today? Is there someone in the service? Is there someone listening to, to, to the CD? Someone listening on sermon audio? And you need to come out. You're in a position of danger. You're like Christian in Pilgrim's Progress when he was living in the city of destruction. But he had to get out. He had to come out. And thank God he did come out. And he made his way to the celestial city. If you haven't left Babylon, if you're still not saved, you need to be saved today. You need to get out of Babylon. You need to leave the city of destruction today. Who knows, but before next Sunday, you may not be here. Your life may be over. The Lord may have returned And your opportunity to be saved, your opportunity to get out of Babylon may have gone and disappeared forever. I'm here today to tell you to flee to Christ. Don't just leave Babylon. Don't just leave the broad way. No, you need to get onto the narrow way and you need to get to the cross and you need to trust in the finished work of Christ So the enticement of her sin is declared, but then the enormity of her sin is described. Look at that in verse 5. The enormity of her sin, Babylon's sin, is described in verse 5. For her sins have reached unto heaven, and God hath remembered her iniquities. Do you know if you're not saved today, your sins have reached to heaven? And one day if you refuse Christ... And continue to reject him one day. Not only will the Lord say, depart from me. But his judgment, his wrath will fall upon you. Yes, your sins have reached up to heaven. Someday his wrath will come down upon you. And the only safe place from the wrath of God is the Lord Jesus Christ. Hiding in thee, hiding in thee, thou blessed rock of ages, I'm hiding in thee. Your sins today are like a great mountain, like a great tower. And those sins have reached up to heaven. And those sins are a stench in the nostrils of the risen Lord Jesus Christ. But he's willing to show mercy to you today if you will repent and believe the gospel. This is what the hymn writer said. I will cast in the depths of the fathomless sea all thy sins and transgressions, whatever they be. Though they mount up to heaven, 
or reach down to hell, they shall sink in the depths and above them shall swell. All my waves of forgiveness, so mighty and free, I will cast all thy sins in the depths of the sea. The end of her sin is, descri- is decreed here. Look at verse 6. The end of Babylon's sin is decreed. Reward her even as she rewarded you, and double unto her, double according to her works, in the cup which she hath filled, filled to her double. Yes, Babylon will fall some day because of the magnitude of her sins and the measure of her sins, but as we finish the madness of her sins. She will be judged for the madness of her sins. Look at verse 7 and 8. How much she hath glorified herself. That's pride. One of the great sins of the 21st century. Pride. I mean, you see it everywhere. You go to London during the summer... And from every lamppost there will be a rainbow flag flying. Even from churches. Rainbow flags everywhere. Pride everywhere. Babylon. How much she hath glorified herself and lived deliciously. So much torment and sorrow give her. For she saith in her heart, I sit a queen and am no widow and shall see no sorrow. Verse 8. Therefore shall her plagues come in one day, death and mourning and famine, and she shall be utterly burned with fire. For strong is the Lord God who judgeth her. I think about that phrase at the end of verse 8. For strong is the Lord God who judgeth her. God does judge Babylon. God will judge Babylon. Oh, I've talked to you today about Babylon in Scotland, Babylon in Switzerland. But you know Babylon is in Belfast today. Oh, you didn't hear about the advert by the Belfast Health and Social Care Trust. I have it here. You can see it afterward. Advert for Band 7 Specialist Nurse Midwife in Sexual and Reproductive Health and Termination of Pregnancy. And you'll be well paid for it if you get this job. Whoever gets this job or whoever has maybe got this job already, they'll be well reimbursed for it. The termination of pregnancy, the murder of the unborn, you'll get forty to forty-six thousand pounds a year in this particular post. See Babylon is in Belfast. There's a murder mill in Belfast. Well in excess of two thousand children have been murdered since March twenty twenty. Each of these children were murdered using a series of pills. The first of these pills was administered in the clinic. So the first, when a mother comes, she wants to terminate her pregnancy. She'll get a pill in the clinic. She'll have to, she had to go to the clinic to get the pill. She takes the pill in the clinic. That poisons the child in her womb. 
24 to 48 hours later, the mother takes a further four pills, which brings an end to this awful deed. Again, I'm not going to go into details, unnecessary details. But all I can say is that Babylon has come to Belfast. Babylon has come to our capital city. And God will judge the Belfast Health and Social Care Trust. Because God always judges Babylon. And you can run from him, but you can't hide. His judgment will find you sooner or later. But you know, folks, every one of us someday will stand before the Lord to be judged. That's the reality of the matter. You see, the Bible says that we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. You will either appear before him as a Christian at the Bema seat to be judged for the life you have lived as a Christian. In other words, how committed and dedicated you have been to the Lord. At that judgment seat, the Lord will decide whether you have been a good soldier or a chocolate soldier. Now you'll be in heaven but you will be rewarded according to how well you have served your master. If you're not at the Bema seat, the, the judgment seat for believers, I wouldn't like to be in your shoes. For you have nothing to look forward to but the great white throne of judgment and Jesus Christ will also be there to judge the unconverted who have rejected his salvation. So for any who are here in the service or listening on the CD or online, I urge you to flee to Christ. While I draw this fleeting breath, when my eyelids close in death, when I soar through tracks unknown, see thee on thy judgment throne, rock of ages cleft for me, let me hide myself in thee.